This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jarrett Duncan. RJ Baylon. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collections one spine number at a time in order to release this week. We're watching spine number 43 in the Criterion Collection and killing fat kids as we watch Peter Brook's film adaptation of William Golding's Lord of the Flies from 1963. But first, RJ, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty fair, man. Doing pretty fair. Excellent. Uh, had a pretty busy week trying yeah. to live my life, get out there, do those life things. Mm-hmm. So uh, not really much to talk about. What does um, what, what life uh, consist of these days? Uh, I was hanging out with uh, the family. Uh, I had a cousin from Wyoming come to visit this week. So I showed him some uh, Canadian delicacies such as the poutine. Uh, poutine, so, poutine, eh? oh, ma. oh, yeah. So I, uh, I showed him all that Lethbridge has to offer in about um, forty-five minutes. Yep. I think was what it took. So we ended up at a bar, and, uh, <laughs> and then we we split it. We split a poutine. Yeah, we were both digging in there with our mitts. So what what, what bar did you go to? Uh, we went to a few. I took him to Hudson's Canadian mm, Pub. Yeah, because uh, that's. Uh, strictly speaking, a Canadian place, I, I guess, because it's yeah. like a Hudson's Bay riff. So that's fun. We had a poutine there, and then I took him downtown where he saw the fabulous Galt Gardens Ooh. and uh, the people who in- inhabit that area. And then I took him to another pub downtown there, and uh, that was about it. Because I was like, I told him, I said, I wish there was more for me to show you, but uh, <laughs> that's about it. The, it didn't help either that we were just like hit with like two feet of snow for some reason um so i was like if it was nice i could like show you all sorts of stuff but uh since it is the way it is i was like this is pretty much all there whatever i mean he's from wyoming it's like what the least like most unpopulous state in america leverage is pretty fancy in comparison yeah no uh actually so i've spent some time down there it's uh they're pretty close in um geography and mm-hmm. people and mm-hmm. land we have more hills and mountains and stuff like that wyoming that's just really that's really sad <laughs> so well i mean we're close enough we, we're well, about an hour away from rockies. any kind of yeah well, we, we, yeah, we, we have rockies and then and yeah. then and then it's all plains yeah yeah so yeah the glory of uh creepsville uh didn't take a, a whole long or a whole whole long time is that proper english whole long time it's no william golding that's for sure yeah it's no william golding so uh yeah i didn't uh, i didn't have much else to do i was trying to uh i thought my whole week was going to be dedicated to uh that hot new nintendo game mm-hmm. the legend of zelda breath of the wild mm-hmm. uh, as i um so i'm an amazon prime member because i have a student membership so it's about half the cost so i can justify it for that reason and uh, I pre-ordered said game about a year and a half ago. Like, I think it was Ju- uh, June of 2016 or right something. So, like, almost two years ago, yeah, when they actually announced the game before okay. they, like, before they announced that the Wii U was dead and everyone who <laughs> bought it was a loser. And uh, they're moving on to bigger and better things. I missed so that I had press a- release. <laughs> you missed that one? Oh, it's uh, Reggie Films Ames or whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's telling everyone how they're real Melvins and real dorks who bought Wii U's. So I'm one of those sad saps, I guess. But I had it pre-ordered, and uh, it was coming in, and then I was like, all right. I was like, at least I'll have the uh, 
the more uncommon version of the game. Everyone on Earth is going to have that Switch version, so yeah. if anything, it'll hold its value, maybe. Mm-hmm. All the Zelda games have before, so I was like, yeah, all right, I pre-ordered it, it'll get here. Amazon promises, like, day, uh, release day, guaranteed release day delivery. That's such uh, a best bullshit. <laughs> so it was uh, released on Friday, yep. and uh, now it is Wednesday, and I only just got it about an hour ago. Mm-hmm. So my whole week was going to be dedicated to uh, getting real into that, because I know there's at least two fans who are the N- Nintendo kids, and they, they're also jamming on this stuff. So mm-hmm. I think they would have wanted to hear some cool takes, some hot takes. But uh, unfortunately, yeah. Whoa. Whoa, your audio has dropped Did out. Kind of... Yeah, that was weird. Oh, man. Okay. Well, Nintendo's hit me. They heard me talking about them. So well, Amazon's it, like, you're talking, yeah, you're like on both Amazon. fronts. Not, yeah. yeah, not Nintendo. Amazon was the uh, yeah. the real culprits there. So that sucked, but that's my week. What about you? Uh, yeah, I too uh, was greeted with like two feet of snow uh, this morning after pulling up to my uh, driveway spot and being like, wow, it's really nice and clear here. And then a mere <laughs> eight hours later, that all changed. Um, so that yeah. sucked. But my week was uh, just polishing off books and uh, starting new books. Yeah, it's not too bad, not too bad. Um, I I saw that since you learned how to read, you've been uh, hammering through this shit. What are you on, like five for the year so far? uh, Yeah, just started five, I guess. Well, look, you you started later than I did, and uh, you're already one past me. So good job. Thanks, man. That means a lot. Good job. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, whatever. Your books are like, what, picture books? Yeah. yeah. In the phone book? Mm-hmm. The phone book. So what have uh, you been reading? Well, uh, I wrapped up that uh, God's Gonna Strike You Down, which mm-hmm. is, was a true crime book by Australian guy whose name escapes me at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I was talking – I can't remember if I was telling you about this in IRL or whatever, but um, – it's just about a kind of like a Louis Theroux kind of Michael Moore sort of mm-hmm. dude who does like prank style news report documentary things. He's got a big thing about racism and uh, yep. he likes to pick on racists. And this one's about a happens to be about a racist that he met a couple of years earlier who winds up being murdered by a black man. And there's some question about yeah. how that all went down. Uh, it was uh, very conversational, super easy read. Um, mm-hmm. I've learned that my favorite types of books fall between 350 and 400 pages. Um, uh, that's like my... Or shorter even. Or shorter, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Safran. I, I was blanking out on his name. That's the author of the book. John Stamos? Yes. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was good. I mean, it's enjoyable read. Like, mm-hmm. it was breezy considering it's about, you know, a white supremacist and... Uh, Black Hustler, whatever. Yeah, because the whole tagline, uh, the tangled tale of a white supremacist, a black hustler, a murder, and how I lost a year in Mississippi. It has a very nice Ooh. cover. I think it had a different uh, title in Australia that they changed for some reason. That um, sounds erotic. Very. Uh, I'm very excited, though, about the next book I'm reading, uh, a Kim Jong-il production, uh, The Extraordinary True Story of a Kidnapped Filmmaker, His Star Actress, and a Young Dictator's Rise to Power. Um, this is a telling of this really peculiar story I'd always heard about, uh, the North Korean film industry, uh, mm-hmm. and how they, they apparently kidnapped this guy who is a South Korean filmmaker. And uh, he was forced to make movies for Kim Jong-il, who's a big uh, movie fan, uh, mm-hmm. big aficionado. I think his like, favorite stuff is like James Bond movies, 
which is oh, weird because yeah. he kind of fashioned his like world like on being a James Bond villain. Wouldn't um, you? I guess so. Uh, he got he had the right idea, but uh, yeah. yeah, like there's the one particular movie. It's like called uh, Paul Gasari, and it's like a Godzilla mm-hmm. knockoff that came out like in 1985. Uh, cool. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to read about this story in more depth because I mean, I, there's always like these allegations that like he didn't really get kidnapped. That he says that after the fact, but I guess I will mm-hmm. be able to weigh in more in a week or so. However long this one takes to read, this one seems a little denser. Um, I haven't even cracked the first page yet, mm-hmm. uh, but I got the bookmark already lined up in the chapter yeah. one. Good to go. Isn't it, isn't it a good feeling when you crack a new book and you just put the bookmark in there? Even if you don't start reading, you're just like, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm bettering myself with a new endeavor. Yeah, it feels good, man. Yeah, it's like a story of my life, though. Sometimes I put that bookmark into a book and then I go, yep, I'm going to read that, and then I just forgot about it then it's just like yeah. oh yeah i was gonna read this thing mm-hmm. yeah i don't mean this as a slight in any way but uh i'm i'm surprised at uh, your tenacity in your reading so far because you've been really you've been really hitting it yeah. and i only say that because in past and there's documented evidence on the silence of the lambs episode yeah you you start a lot of books that you enjoy and then mm-hmm. you don't finish a lot of books so uh, for me it's uh i find i have a hard time getting invested in fiction um, ah, like right. something about like I don't know if it doesn't hold my attention and sometimes it seems like books like to go astray and kind of just go in not the most interesting of places I just I go meh and I don't care if I ever finish it uh, yeah. non-fiction I like I'm pretty well like 100 I think pretty well 100% of the time I will finish it um, right. there's just something about the way they're written that appeals to me a lot more fiction you got, you better be pretty good well you should check so, out I, 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 I see you listening Murakami Oh, yeah, he's really, uh, I, I peg him as a fan. Yeah. Even though, uh, what was the the one book you tried? We were reading it at the same time. Wind Up Bird totally, Chronicles. Yeah. yeah. You totally dropped off. I, hey, I, and I was like in the last, like, I think 100 pages, but I realized I just didn't care where the book was going. And I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. done. It was good for That's... what I was reading, but then I just went, no, oh, mm-hmm. I, I really don't like this change. And then that was it. That was my experience with Murakami, though I do have uh, that Kafka on the shore, whatever it's called. Uh, that one's supposed to be the best. Yeah. That's what they all say. That's what they all say. You know, you know what they yeah. also like, though? They also like that infinite jest. Uh, no, uh, the people who like infinite jest are total assholes. Not the same kinds of people, I don't think. Mm. I don't know. I've, I don't know if it's ever come up here, but I, I've tried to read that book four times, I think. Really? Wow. And I've never, ever got past the first, like, five pages. I get five pages in and I'm like, nope. Well, and then like a year later, I'll read the first five pages. In. <laughs> oh. Anyone who says they like that book are lying. David Foster Wallace didn't like that comment. His ghost came and uh, stopped you from talking. <laughs> Again? Jeez. See, this is why I tape up my camera and mic when I'm not <laughs> uh, doing the show because they're monitoring my activity. Mm-hmm. I got so many. I'm on so many blacklists. You'd have. It's it's crazy. It's mm-hmm. crazy, Jer. Well, Any, I'm glad you're reading. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Hey, RJ, what have you been watching lately? What have you been creeping Ooh, on? My creeping is at an all-time low, I think, oh, this yeah. week. Uh, so I only have one movie to talk about. But before I mention that, Jer, I'll give the, the fans out there an update on my reading. Okay. Hats. So I logged my fourth book this year, which was actually a double feature. Uh, it, is, it is all the cultural rage right now. Everybody's talking about it on Reddit. It's uh, Amazon's bestseller right now. Uh, that's uh, some George Orwell, 1984. 
Uh, the book I have, though, was a double pack with Animal Farm, and mm-hmm. I had never read either. Um, I consider 1984 part of the big three, the big three like dystopian futures with like Fahrenheit 451 and uh, Brave New World. Mm-hmm. So I have the other two, and I've read those, uh, but I had never read 1984. And I just I got I just finished this morning, so I'm hot off. It's a hot take, man. Okay, it's fresh, fresh. Uh, so I actually liked Animal Farm more. I really liked Animal Farm more than I thought I would. I think it's I identify with the animals a lot. Mm. You know how I can relate to them as being farm animals so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't. I I really liked. Uh, I don't know. I I actually did identify with it. I was like, I get this, man. I was like, this is the way I feel too. So uh, I thought Animal Farm, Animal Farm was really good, and it is a nice like ninety pages or something, so you yeah. can blow through that in no time. Yeah, so uh, Animal. Yeah, Animal Farm is awesome. Like I love. I think that book's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, it is quite a shift. Like I'm sure as you're about to talk about going from Animal Farm's pro style to 1984, it is like really like a shift. Um, yep. I would almost oh, recommend yeah. someone not read them back to back just because they're so, yeah. they're very, his, his writing style is very different. Yeah. I don't usually, because I have a lot of books like that from the, like, I think it's like American library, Congress library or whatever. It's like the packaging. So I have like right. a lot of Vonnegut and PKD books where they have like four novels in a row. And I usually just read one and then put it back. Like I don't usually read them back to back, but, uh, since Animal Farm was so short, I was like, oh, whatever, I'll just blow through it. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've been hearing a lot of this 1984 lately because of this Trump America and all that and people comparing it to that. So I was like, hmm, I guess now's a good time to get in there. I was like, I wasn't saving it or holding on to it. Yeah. I just hadn't got to it yet. But uh, um, I liked it. Uh, there are some parts that really drag, I think, in that book. And like what you said, the prose really, it is a little jarring when you switch to it. But uh um, I don't know. Out of the three, like uh, Bradbury's nineteen or Fahrenheit four fifty one, Brave mm-hmm. New World, and nineteen eighty four, I think I like the other two more than nineteen eighty four. Um, I really like the ending of nineteen eighty four, but that's mm-hmm. like where it gets really sad and depressing. Uh, so I like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, before you get there, there's like a, there's a part in the middle where he's reading like basically like the new communist manifesto. manifesto yeah, and it's like it's like forty pages of just socialist like doctrine and like politics and stuff like that and i was like oh man i thought it was really hard to get through it was like a textbook like the other thing too is like i've taken history classes i've taken some social studies in junior (laughs) high man i know these concepts it's like i don't need a, a teaching in these these ways so i thought that stuff was pretty hard to get through but uh i like the ideas and stuff like that um it's it is similar to like I know everyone always compares Brave Brave New World to 1984 and like because they came out at the same time, but I feel like they're very different. Like Brave New World is all about like excess, like everyone gets like so everything they want. They have like orgies and like the yeah. you're like constantly sedated by drugs. Soma, and you, sweet sweet soma. Soma, yeah. So it's like. Brave New World is like an excess of things where 1984 is like the complete opposite where it's like yeah. everything is taken away. So it's like love and hate basically I think is a good way to describe the two. So I don't know, man. I liked it. I mm-hmm. really liked the ending, but uh, there were some parts that were uh, 
it was definitely a little dry for my taste. I see. Yeah, it's you know been, what well, it's been a while since I read 1984. Um, but I mean, like I, I mean, I think George Orwell lives up to the hype. I think he's an amazing author. Um, yep, definitely. And I mean, yeah, I think I remember like some parts of like 1984 being a lot slower going but mm-hmm. uh I, I mean i I love the story and uh i just lent you the dvd of the 1984 yep. 1984 um, so uh people can hear about that not next week but uh, the week after i'll uh, i'll do a a triple feature i'll watch 1984 brave new world and uh fahrenheit 451 by uh, that hack director francois truffaut yeah that that hack is that in the criterion any no. of those no. no, well, whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll watch all of those, and then I'll I'll see how the movies shape up. So, mm-hmm. but to answer your original question, I only creeped up on one movie this week, yep. and it was a movie you saw too. That's and right. we, we got a new trend going on here. Mm-hmm. It happened last week. It happened this week, and it just might happen next week. We we've been seeing new movies in the theater. That's right. Isn't that isn't that a thing? Whoa, whoa! I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I went to see that uh, that Wolverine movie, yep. that old man Logan, mm-hmm. uh, that hot all the hotness, that huge jacked man, that huge jacked man. You know, people won't believe me, and I know I'm gonna come off like an asshole, but I honestly think I I made up that nickname because I w- one time I wrote for the university paper and I wrote movie reviews, and this was about four or five years ago, 2012 I think to 2013, and it it is printed. It is documented in one of those things that I called him that. And uh, I never heard it before, but everyone says it now. So you heard it here first. Mm. I came up with that nickname. You struck it. I struck it. So, yeah, I went to Logan. Uh, I took – so you and me had very different experiences, I believe, Mm because you went on a Saturday afternoon. I went on a Tuesday night. I took my uh, 15-year-old nephew. Uh, We like to go see these Marvel movies together. Uh, and all, all the comic books and the funny pages and all that stuff. Yep. So I took them on a Tuesday, which was I didn't want to go on a Tuesday. I would rather just pay full price and skip out the crowds for the cheap night. Yep. But it was the only night he could go. So, you know, I guess you got to accommodate mm-hmm. the kid. So we went on Tuesday. And uh, I I believe when you went, you said the theater was empty, right? It, uh, it wasn't empty. It was uh, sparsely populated, but like it was all by people that were had gone by themselves. And it was yeah. my imagination was like, well, all these people's like partners or whatever, they all like stayed home because they went, fuck, yeah. I hate superhero movies. I don't want to go to any mm-hmm. more of them. And these people go, well, okay, we'll go by myself, yeah. like me. <laughs> and those people missed out. But uh, so, yeah, I went with my nephew and we, we got to the theater like 20 minutes before the show started and it was completely packed yeah there wasn't all the only seats available were in the absolute front row but uh, me and him got lucky and we uh there was like people saving seats everywhere and there was like this there was these three seats by like an aisle with a coat on them and so me me and him just like first actually we went there was d-box seats that were open yeah and uh i was like hmm i was like i wonder if we can sit there and like we we were looking at it and we went to the aisle and then there was a lady in the other one she's like you guys can't sit here they checked your tickets and i was like all right lady i was like settle down (laughs) i was like i was like i i don't know i was like i don't want to leave him right Mm -hmm. i was like i pointed to the kid and i don't know what i'm talking about anyways thanks so uh, so, yeah there was a uh, nice. 
there was a guy saving seats with a, a coat and so we just kind of hung around the seat until uh he came back and then he was like yeah no one's sitting here and he took his coat off and left and we were like okay oh but, uh, so we we actually got good seats because we were just <laughs> hanging around but uh, if we didn't do that, me and him would have had to split up, and I would have felt bad. Like, I mean, he's 15; he can watch a movie by himself. But yeah, uh, yeah. And then uh, the theater was kind of interesting. There was um, not like chatter. It was a pretty good theater crowd, but uh, there was uh, one lady right behind me who was audibly uh, crying for a good chunk of that movie, <laughs> uh, which is fine. I mean, you can. It, it is a pretty sad movie, so that's okay. But like throughout uh, the movie. No, just like, well, not throughout, like <laughs> about halfway through and then at the end, for sure. Uh, and then the right beside me, like like right in the chair next to me was like a young lady and beside her was her boyfriend and they were like smooching the whole movie. Mm. So that was fun too because they kept looking over at me to like see if I was watching them. Yeah. And I was just like, oh man. And did you just, like, and were you watching them? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I was totally watching them. Yeah. There was a moment where I kind of like, I put my head in between theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, also we were two rows up from the D box and I think that's perfect because we felt all the vibrations and stuff from the D boxes, mm-hmm. but uh, not the full impact because I think that would make me really sick. Mm-hmm. So if you ever want to experience that, just go two rows ahead of the D box and then yeah. you'll probably be fine. And it won't loosen your bowels. Oh yeah. They're already pretty loose. Yeah. But um, actually, so I did watch that movie. Yeah. I'm talking about all this theater <laughs> stuff. Uh, so I'll just, do, should I explain what the movie is? People know, right? Whatever. Just people, you can go into depth about it. I find people are sometimes don't talk about these movies very closely, but yeah, go for it. Uh, Big okay. We might hit some spoilers, but I won't say anything major. So you got uh, old man Logan Wolverine. He's really old. He's just trying to live his life. It's in the future, about 30 years from now. Uh, oh. There's no more mutants. Uh, they've all been hunted down and killed through either, I don't know, the Reavers, like mercenaries, or through disease or other extraneous events. Mm-hmm. So you just have Logan, and he's like a limo driver trying to raise money because he's got uh, old uh, old balls Professor X, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Stewart, uh tucked away down in Mexico and uh, there's an older even paler Caliban tending to him as his wet nurse basically mm-hmm. so Logan's trying to raise enough money to uh, take uh, Professor X out on a boat to sea where they can kind of live out their lives away from all the horror of humanity and uh, so he's he's almost there and then he gets a big bomb dropped on him where there's this little girl who shows up and wouldn't you know it Jarrett She's got animantium claws just like him. That's a spoiler, and, uh, RJ. <laughs> is it? I don't fucking know. Is that know. a spoiler? Hey, folks, oh. it's a podcast, and we're talking about movies. It's it's spoiler town. Okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> Whatever. X- That's like in the trailer, so who gives a yeah. shit? Yeah. X-23, Laura shows up, and uh, he's very reluctant. He doesn't want to help her at all, but uh, Professor X, being the kind-hearted soul he is, kind of forces his hand so they kind of take her on and the rest of the movie is a a fabulous uplifting journey through uh, a road trip with a, a father a son and a daughter and uh, i think that's pretty well a good explanation yeah that's, that's the plot that's all you need um so i really liked this movie i thought it was wicked uh it it's almost up there with x2 i still think x2 is the perfect superhero movie um i think this one 
on repeated watchings, I think it's going to grow on me even more. But uh, first impressions, I loved it. Uh, it's I'm not going to use dark and gritty because that's what everyone says about it. But uh, it's brutal. Like people get their fucking heads blown up. Like entire bodies get blown up by little kids and like by Wolverine. So that's super cool. Uh, seeing Hugh Jackman like really old and grisly is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the the dynamic with Professor X and then with X twenty three Laura that was really good too. Um, I don't know. It was, it was emotional. It was you get invested in all the characters. You have re- I, what I thought was really good action for most of it. Um, I really liked it. Uh, there's almost nothing that uh, I didn't like about it. There's a few parts like there's a few exposition dumps where like characters like say what they've been doing for the last 20 years. And it's like, that's a weird thing to say just like to someone who obviously knows what you've been doing. Like there's a scene with Caliban. He's like, he's like, I agreed to watch professor X with you all these years ago. And it's like, it's like, I get that you have to say that for the audience, but do you really need to? And then there were, there was a few other moments like, so later one of the big baddies is a X 24 I won't say what that is, but uh, there's a moment where, like, the evil doctor is, like, tending to him. Richard E. Grant. Yeah. And he's, like, he, like, has this big buildup where it's, like, it's, like, X-24. It's an animal. It's a savage. Like, it's pure rage. It has, like, no thought. And then, like, he's tending to X-24, and he's just, like, uh, giving him this – or giving it this medicine – and he like goes into more detail than would ever need it be. He's like, this will repair your epithelial cells and your 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 uh, degenerative tissues and stuff like that. And I, I thought that was bizarre. I was like, why are you telling him that? You just like the last 20 minutes was about how this thing you created is like a beast. And there's like no, I don't know. So there was things like that, but uh, that doesn't detract from the mm. movie itself. On the whole, mm-hmm. I thought it was very good. What about you? What about me? Well, uh, I enjoyed this movie. I liked it. Um, my thoughts on it were was like I was very aware of the fact that essentially they took the plot of Children of Men, and yeah. <laughs> and and then they went or I don't I don't know at what point they would have been aware of this, but I kept thinking of like the Stranger Things thing of like here's like a quiet girl who has immense powers and then there's yeah. exper- and there's experimentation this is like a trope this isn't like uniquely yeah. thing so but i found that like okay so smart thing to do uh people ma- making superhero movies and shit is you can steal ideas from like successful things and just like yeah. mix and ma- mix and match kind of put mm-hmm. things together throw it all together and let it roll out like it's mm-hmm. good um the first half of this movie i really liked I was yep. like, totally, like, oh man, I just the stuff with him as a limo driver. I was like, yeah. oh, this is so good. Like, this is just like a like a neo noir. It's just yeah. like, a, it, it doesn't even matter it's, because it's it's what I've always wanted from like like these superhero movies is like yeah. just a story with these characters. I don't want mm-hmm. like the idea of like what like Hollywood scriptwriters think these movies have to be all the time. And that's yeah. and that's why like it took so long for them to start getting good. And then they started being like comics, which was a novel yeah. idea instead of like bad superhero movies. Um, and then became like more like the comics to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always found the, like uh, the Marvel studios movies uh, mostly really disappointing, except for mm-hmm. like the Captain America one and two in like Winter Soldier, which I think is like just great uh, action scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And like I've always kind of had a soft spot more for the X-Men stuff 
uh, oh, yeah. for whatever reason, I just, I think that world lends itself well to the movies. Uh, the idea of like mutants getting together mm-hmm. and like getting their powers all combined and they're all fighting yeah. things. I love that stuff. Unfortunately, there's none of that yeah. in this movie, really. Um, <laughs> uh, no, that's good though. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I but, think but, they which do is a fine. really good job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the stuff with Xavier, man, like that was like so good. Like mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart is like oh, fucking, uh, so good. He's, he's like, he can actually start, he can actually do his acting stuff. And like the pathos and payoff of like, you've been watching this character for 17 years and now it's like, well, now he's like old and gone. And they kind of like, uh, I mean, it's not like in like uh, Michael Haneke's Amor territory of like watching like Alzheimer's destroy a loved one levels of like destruction. Yeah. But it's like for this type of movie, it's like kind of like, oh, that's nice. It's like they're actually going for something like that. Um, yeah. And like he's like old beaten down and uh, having these like terrifying seizures and stuff like that. Um, but Super cool. So I guess like at some point, though, I found the movie – Mm, it didn't deliver uh, this like movie that people have been kind of talking about. Like I thought, uh, I mean, this is like, I guess like plot spoiler territory. So I mean, seriously, if you don't want to know anything about Logan, just go watch it. It's, it's good. You'll probably like it, but this yeah. is, these are my gripes. This is what kind of bugs me about it. So mm-hmm. the, the whole scene of like them going to like the, the farm with like the, the black family, like oh, yeah. I, I thought that just kind of like, I don't know. It seems like all the X-Men movies always have the scene of like what normalcy looks like. And it's like, this is the life that we never had. And it's like always in the X-Men yeah. movies. And I'm always like, why is this in this? Like, and then you mm-hmm. get the, you get the payoff, uh, with them all being killed. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm like, well, so that, that, t- that seemed to take a really long time to get through that, but I guess it's necessary, but I just feel like they could have come up with something better than that. Um, like it just, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. It's just, it's cause the movie, like the tone or like what they want to do, right. Is family. Like that's what they're trying to express. And yeah. like the whole thing is like Wolverine's like begrudgingly like du- avoiding it. Mm-hmm. This is a slice of life. This is what it would be like. But it's like but kind then, of not realistic at all. It's so like yeah. pat and like un like not what like it's like what, this like weird little isolated family that lives in the middle of nowhere who just so yeah. happened to be in a struggle with some local uh, landowners who are cutting off their water and it's like of course mm-hmm. they are and um, there's so there's that bit um, yeah, I that like, I felt like it just kind of like slowed the story down and then mm-hmm. it, the movie kind of restarts again. With the, like right. with one casualty from that scene, mm-hmm. um, and then I don't know the whole like climax of the movie. I think is like pretty kind of boring. Like it's just like literally children running through woods with like adults chasing after them. That that's what it is. And, I and, and, I I knew you were gonna hate the kids part. I just no knew no, it. no 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 no. I hate it's not. It wasn't like I I I thought the idea. I love the idea of like new mutants. Like I love the yeah. oh cool. They're setting up new mutants and like the next generation mm-hmm. are like they're gonna be Mexican kids. It's like yeah. oh that's like cool. Like what a novel idea. And they'll have a little powers. And I thought that like uh, at that point it's like oh and then, like Wolverine and whoever the people are that they're going to meet at the location that you never actually get to see. They're, we're going to get like that kind of thing where it's like oh th- th- this is the next generation of mutants that are going to be trained and we're going to get more movies out of that that's cool yeah. what my problem was is i found that the whole like chase sequence is just like kind of didn't 
do anything. Like it was just like so dull and like, all right, we'll shoot this in the woods and literally just people running through nondescript woods and people in in the reavers, which I found were very like repetitive in a way. Like when they first showed up, I thought, oh, cool. Like they look like nineties, like villains. But then I was like, oh, you know, in the comics, the reavers like are crazy looking. Like they have like Mm -hmm. tank bodies and like giant claws for hands. Like they're ridiculous cyborg people. I'm like, you know, when you're making a movie, you can make your guys whatever the fuck you want them to be. And they mm-hmm. decided to be a bit more um, uh, conservative, conservative, yeah, in yeah. their in that decision department. And I was mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, come on, go go wacky, like go a little further with it. Yeah. So I guess I just found that like it kind of was like, oh no, these kids are going to be f- like fake captured, and like it's not really going to happen. And then Wolverine catches up to them with his after he gets uh, injects himself uh, with like hilariously bright colored yeah. fluids and uh, and just start yeah. chasing him. Um, Another nitpick I'm just gonna throw out there because I I'm, uh, yeah uh, is the um, the nurse that brings yeah. her so yeah. she has yeah. this like fully ed- this fully too. edited documentary on her yeah. phone <laughs> that's like got voiceover narration and like this footage that she would never have possibly been able to create whatsoever yeah. but it's there to like info dump and create the context mm-hmm. of like this situation um, and it's like well, what the <laughs> like it's yeah. so like unreal it's like that's not how film footage works and why is this being narrated and like shots are like not possible like I get yeah. it because like, if you've made it look really realistic it would be blurry and like very like not great to look at but it, it goes a little too far in that department mm-hmm. um no, i i agree with you completely i thought the exact same thing because it's like she's like filming directly in front of the bad guys's faces and narrating at the yes. same time it's yeah. like that's not possible and like i get that you want to show all that backstory but you mm-hmm. know a really easy way to do that is just get laura to or like x23 just get her to tell the story mm. it would be from her perspective yeah. but like you know what I mean? Just get yeah. one of the characters to like have a dream about it or something. Okay. So uh, n- another nitpick: uh, the when Wolverine arrives back at the uh, motel to yeah. find uh, f- find out what's going on and uh, or go to pick them up, and like the door's been kicked in. He finds the nurse, and she's mm-hmm. been she's dead on the floor, and he like goes behind the panel of like the. Um, uh, yeah. the, the end table because he knows that's where the money was kept and in yeah. there he finds the cell phone and it's like the message of her like messaging where are you they're here please come and before she could send, hit send she's yeah. I guess dead but I'm like I guess she just took her phone and then hit it behind there instead of just hitting send and yeah <laughs> and she went to no, hide I... the phone like because she knew Wolverine would see that she was tried typing it it's so dumb like it's just like why did they even bother with that like it's so odd mm-hmm. but whatever <laughs> So no, anyway, I, I know. Yeah. Um, it's just things like that. And these aren't things that like, I don't think are like, this is like first time viewing like stuff that like is still in my mind that yeah. like prevent it from being this like amazing landmark superhero film. Sure. Um, and like I said, like, I think we both agree. Like I, I we both hold X2 in very high regard. Yeah. It's, uh, it's honest, honest to God. And like people might not know this, but you and me both came to this conclusion with like in total solidarity. I didn't mm-hmm. know you liked that movie and you didn't know I liked that movie. And one day I think one of us was just like X 22. It's like the most immaculate superhero movie that was probably ever made. Like other than like, I don't include like Nolan's Batman movies in that. Those are a different, those are a different yeah. ca- uh, class altogether. But yeah, X 22 is the perfect superhero. X two even that and un- <laughs> X. Yeah. X two and unbreakable. Those are like, yeah. those are the two that are just at pre, the top. Pre-Dark Knight, definitely. 
Like, yeah, for sure. Because, uh, well, I, I'll talk about it when we're finished talking about Logan. Because I watched a pre-2008 superhero movie. Ugh. Batman Begins? <laughs> uh, oh, oh, shit. Okay, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, no, yeah, I had, like, uh, the stuff with the nurse and then, like, what I... I think both of us had a problem with the info dump exposition stuff. But it's it's pretty standard. Like, lots of movies do that, yeah. so... okay, and so... I mean, I haven't like gone online to read anything about this stuff because like there's always yeah. like somebody like, what does this ending mean? And what, 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 oh. what this something finally explained? Someone asked yeah. the director and he answered it. Like, I don't read those, that shit at all. So I'm just throwing it out to you because you might have come across it. So, like, the whole like sure. comic thing, right? So, inside mm-hmm. this movie, there's comic books. And I guess like, um, someone mentioned, I think, that it kind of like creates this weird false or not false nostalgia, but it creates a uh, emotional hook for the audience because like people grew up reading X-Men mm-hmm. comics. And so in this world, you can have like the, the little black kid with the fat kid with his uh, Wolverine toy. Mm-hmm. Cause people are like, Oh, it's cause I had that Wolverine toy. Even though yeah. I'm like, wait, okay. So mutants were hated, but at some point in the 20 years between like the days of future past ending with Wolverine going back to the mansion and like seeing Jean Grey still alive mm-hmm. and the, at the be- or the beginning of this movie, something like horribly has gone wrong. But in that time, like in the t- ten years, the, mm-hmm. ex- the mutants became popular and became accepted. Um, yep. And there's this thing with this comic book, which I was like, I don't know. These are like weird hangups I have. And I was like, well, what's yeah. up with the comic? Like, what's the point of the comic? And like, oh, some the pe- these people writing it as he points his finger to the cover. These people yeah. just make up this stuff. And it's like, well, there's like got to be a reason they're pointing people toward this Eden thing. And there's the coordinates mm-hmm. are the exact right coordinates. And I'm like, I, I didn't understand it. And it's just like stuff. That I'm like, why is this in the movie if there's no payoff? Like in my mind, I kept thinking like, is there going to be like, they're going to show up to this Eden place and uh, there's going to be like, whatever magneto there mm-hmm. a, a cyclops who's alive and well and other people like i kept thinking of this and then the movie kind of ends and i was like oh that's a really flat ending and then that's that's what kind of ultimately kind of killed it for yeah. me is it didn't really uh i don't know it didn't pay off story-wise for me sure okay yeah. so i can i can see what you're saying uh the comic book stuff didn't bother me at all like i i totally bought like what they were selling on that where it's just like He's like, yeah, we did it. It was like we were a thing once and then people capitalized on it. It's like they glorified it. They made it this thing that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And then I think this is super speculative, like trying to make connections. But like if I had to guess what what they wanted to say was like, yeah, mutants were hated. But hey, think about Apocalypse. (laughs) That really bad X-Men movie. You could be like, well, the mutants saved the world in that. And it had like. (sighs) mass press even though cairo was completely destroyed um amongst other I, many things other things all the metal the, in the world being yeah. sucked toward cairo mm-hmm. <laughs> and i have no but, idea this is like weird continuity no, yeah. stuff and like i'm yeah. rusty on those movies like it's been a while like i've only ever seen like mm-hmm. most other than x2 i've only ever seen any of those movies once i think yeah mm-hmm. i think i've only seen them all once and i mean i'm not a big fan yeah. of the the first class and the that that universe that story yeah. stuff i i think those movies are super kind of boring um x2 though x2 man so but yeah no, yeah i i didn't i didn't think the comics were that bad i can see why like i, I can just, see why people would have like an issue with it but I, just, I thought it's it just fine. me i think it's just it it's, it's not even it an issue i just I'm, I'm it leaves me wondering when i shouldn't be like thinking about it at all mm-hmm. um, uh you reminded me the last thing i'll 
say. Uh, oh, actually, so when you said like the end, yeah, I saw that too. Like a lot of news sites were like ending explained by director. Yeah. And I didn't even click on them. I was like, what do you mean explained? Like, what's left to explain? Yeah. It's pretty fucking like straight. Like it ends. There's an ending. There's nothing. There's like no other way to interpret it. It's over. D- like d- I don't. I don't know what what there is to explain about it. Yeah, there's not there's nothing to explain. It's kind of like there's oh, not, that, and that's the end. Nothing to explain. It, yeah. it, like that's it. But uh, you reminded me of one thing that the I was actually like fuming about, <laughs> not fuming, but <laughs> so there was a scene where all the kids were running in the woods, yep. and that really fat kid was running. Yeah, and like the theater was dead quiet, and <laughs> there was one guy behind me who was like. <laughs> like he was just laughing because it was like a 10 second scene of a fat kid running and i was like you piece of shit uh, yeah. like i turned around i was like who is that i was like you fucking animal like that made me so mad like because this isn't heavyweights jared it's not fun to we're we're in a post heavyweights world where it's not fun to ben, laugh at the ben stiller's nowhere anymore. to be seen so he's nowhere to be seen yeah. nor jerry stiller so it's not okay uh, the entire theater was quiet, and then that guy was like laughing out loud, and I was like, "You ruined it! You ruined this moment for me!" Oh my gosh! Uh, were people batting away tears at the end of the film? Well, it's like there was one lady who was like sobbing. No, but like more other than her, because like when I at the end of the movie, uh, after the uh, the cross is turned onto an X, mm-hmm. uh, I saw I was like as I was getting up, I was looking down, and all the people like there's these people just like kind of wiping their eyes, and I was like, oh, yeah, there there was a good bit of that actually. Um, so this is like were, were there a, RJ tears? This is okay. I'm gonna say this is a spoiler. If you don't want to know the ending of Logan, jump ahead like 60 seconds. But uh, okay, so what actually I almost got teared up because I thought when uh, Laura goes to the cross uh, before she like turns it to an X, I thought she was gonna hug it, and that made me so sad on the inside. I was like, oh my god, because she was like an experiment because she's never known like human contact or love and because she like lost the only thing that she like even had a chance at. And I thought she was gonna hug this uh, like this object that was like a symbol for that thing mm. and that made me so fucking sad that i was like oh my god uh. i was like i'm gonna die <laughs> but uh she didn't do that so crisis oh. averted but crisis uh, that, averted that made me super sad another so. another safe in canada well that's where they always go right that's right it's safe place yeah. safe place that's where they're I going was... right now those those refugees Mm-hmm. It uh, so continuity aside, like this movie, I think kind of throws that out the window. But sure. uh, I was really hoping uh, Brian Cox would have been the uh, would have just reprised his role as striker for uh, <laughs> for bad guy, like bad military guy. I was like, yeah, because you know I do like that Brian Cox. Mm-hmm. So um. no, yeah. Anyways, Logan, I thought it was really good. There's a few, there was a few small things, but nothing major that would make me not like this movie as much as i did yep that's Dug uh in. yeah it's good like i mean as it's far good. as i mean christ if i went i think like the highest rated marvel studio movie i have is three and a half stars and that's winter mm. soldier and i'd say logan is just as good as that and uh but the x-men movies are in a different realm yeah, actually, same diff same difference same diff. <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I feel you, dog. What but, about that Guardians? Do you got three and a half for that one? Uh, no, I gave, I think I gave two that two, two and a half. No, I didn't care about, about that movie. I, after watching it, that Care Bear stare stuff at the end was just so bad, and it's pretty like predictable and like not interesting. And I never like I I've never I don't think about that movie other than when people mention it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I did see that. Like I don't know, the, that movie did not Upset. win me over. And I like James Gunn a lot, so I don't know. I feel that the movie's just like very committee. And crowd pleasing, and I am a difficult crowd member to please. You are no fun, Duncan. I, That's my no name. No fun, Duncan. But hey, you know what movie's no fun? <gasps> what? Ghost Rider, starring oh. one Nicolas Cage. Oh, you never seen that? I'd never. I why would I have gone to see that in theater? I don't know why I watched it now, other than well, uh, <laughs> we've been on this roll of like watching movies about like hell, and because mm, we watched uh, mm-hmm. End of Days the one week, and then the following week we watched yep. the Spawn, and now yeah. we watch Ghost Rider. Um, yeah, like so, Ghost Rider <laughs> is bad, just like Spawn, but in a different way, because um, mm-hmm. just it's just so boring and. Nick Nicholas Cage, like, I usually expect him to be wacky in some yeah. way, but he's, like, actually, all he does is, like, he eats, like, jelly beans out of glasses. He's like, lots of <laughs> jelly beans everywhere. That's, like, his yeah. thing. Uh, I didn't realize Donald Logue is in this movie um, as, like, stuntman oh, yeah. guy. He does nothing in this film. Um, yeah. Actually, I should ask, have you ever heard of uh, Donald Logue's TV show Terriers? Uh, I remember the TV show he was in like 15 years ago where he was playing like a dad of a family. Okay. Was that Terriers? No, was Terriers that... was a, uh, he's a, him and his buddy are private investigators. That no. show is super good. And I would, hi- it's only, mm. it only lasted like 13 episodes, one season. Uh, oh. It's great. It never came out on DVD or anything. Uh, that's a show that would be like so wicked for like Netflix to bring back. Cause like nobody watched this goddamn show. But like when I was online, uh, some people were talking it up and I remember checking it out. I was like, that was really good. Like super great writing, uh, great acting. Mm-hmm. So that's when, whenever I think of Donald Logue, I go, Oh, I miss Terriers. Um, so Terriers like the dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, I, I think you'd love it. I like it's, Donald Logue. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, he's really good in those Blade movies. Is he in those Blade movies? I, he's in the first Blade movie. Oh. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. So, so he's in shitty superhero movies, uh, yeah. like Ghost Rider. Yeah. So Ghost Rider. Um, all I remember from back in the day was the trailer with uh, mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage just going at the end of it. I'm a Ghost Rider, <laughs> and like just like that, yeah. his, his him doing his uh, Southern accent, mm-hmm. uh, like Sailor from Wild at Heart. Um, so yeah, this movie is just like so inept in so many ways. Um, superhero movies have come so far from this period of time when because this is from the same director as Daredevil, which I've never yeah. seen either. Just well, that movie is fine. Daredevil. Yeah, it's it's not as bad as everyone thinks it is. Like, uh, I'm sure it's it's, it's, it's probably, fine. It's probably pretty bad though. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I haven't seen it. No, it's not good. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, you could turn it on, and as I say, like a magazine movie, you could just like go about your day, and you would like you'd be totally fine with it. You could buy. I, could you just listen to music instead? Oh, of <laughs> that, course. That you, like, that you actually enjoy. Yeah, like Evan yeah. Essence. Um, so fuck. Who cares about Ghost Rider? Uh, the CGI. I, so the Ghost Rider yeah. CGI, like at times it looks pretty okay. Um, mm-hmm. Other times it's pretty laughably distracting and clunky. But like mm-hmm. the, I think the worst offense this movie has is all of its action scenes are garbage. Like they're so poorly yeah. staged. There's no stakes. You couldn't possibly ever get 
involved. And, oh, God, the villain, fucking Blackheart, played by, oh, what's his name? Uh, Wesley Benton, the guy from, like, American Beauty and, like, nothing yeah. else. So yeah. he, I think he studied his face-off tapes and decided, I'm going to be John Travolta. And mm-hmm. he tries, and it's just abysmal. Like, he's, like, one of the worst villains I've seen in any of this type of stuff. Uh, around like he's yeah. the bottom of the barrel crap like this and this movie is like totally skippable and uh guess what i've got ghost rider spirit of vengeance to watch this weekend okay can, can i just say something here yes uh this is going to be an unpopular opinion mm-hmm. ghost rider spirit of vengeance is awesome from that the directors movie- of crank that movie is really good. So when did that come out? Like 2010 or something like 2011, that? Um, 2011. 2011? Okay. So I've only ever seen it once. I don't want to revisit it because I don't want to taint my okay. watch, my viewing. But uh, I went with my buddy. Uh, we went in theaters and we watched it. We thought it was fucking hilarious. Like semi-bad way, but it's like it's actually like self-conscious about what they're doing yeah uh, i thought we thought it was fucking awesome we went out of that theater so happy we were like <laughs> amazing because uh it's it's really funny like idris elba is really funny in that mm-hmm. uh nick cage has a classic nick cage moment like kind of like in face off like you were mentioning you know remember in face off when like he wakes up without his face and he's like screaming yeah. he's he, yeah, he he has a moment like that where he's talking about like things scratching at the door. Oh man, super good, so fun. And oh, then uh, the the villains are really goofy too. Like it's like pestilence and like famine or something like like the riders of the apocalypse. Oh, mm-hmm. it's good stuff. I'm 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 eager to hear what you have to think about that movie. Uh, so I watched it six years ago i guess and i thought it was wicked tune in folks we'll we'll, we'll see oh you know what's the saddest thing about this experience of ghost rider was uh so uh, my buddy Corey, he uh bought these movies on blu-ray at the uh, local pawn shop and we get back to his place after eating dinner crack it open and the wrong ghost riders in the blu-ray case it's the sequel so he has uh the sequel and the sequel to watch. So what do we do? Well, fuck, we're watching goddamn Ghost Rider. So we drive back across town to go get a replacement. <laughs> and they, of course, have them because everyone who bought Ghost Rider winds up returning or pawning yeah. them off because it's shit. And uh, mm-hmm. so uh, we spent an extra, like, 25 minutes uh, round trip just making sure that we could watch this movie in hopes yeah. that it was better than this, I guess. Uh, yeah. And so uh, we followed this up with a chaser of more Nick Cage, and we watched Ooh. the film Drive Angry. Uh, was that any good? It was better than Ghost Rider, uh, hmm. but I don't know. So it's like uh, written and directed by these two Canadian dudes that I didn't realize were Canadian. But like we started realizing hmm. this, like, oh, this movie's got lots of like Canadian rock in it, like April Wine and stuff. And it's like, huh. yeah. So, and I don't know. Again, Nicolas Cage is disappointing in his like lack of wackiness, which is something yeah. I come to expect with him in movies. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's kind of rocking a Chad Kroger look. Uh, that I illustrated on the Instagram. Um, my oh. ho- the big highlight for me was uh, William Fitchner showing up because he's mm-hmm. always good and uh, he is definitely like at the beginning of the movie anyway. He's got some like just like laugh out loud hilarious like lines. Like his delivery of stuff is yeah. so good because like he knows this is shit, but he's having fun just playing it straight, being the William Fitchner character because um, he yeah. knows he's kind of like second rate Christopher Walken. 
but he's kind of like trying to become his own uh, guy too. So yeah, uh, he, he does his best. And then like halfway through this movie, it just stops being like kind of like with some ambition or some interest mm-hmm. and it just gets really dull with chase scenes that are really uninspired. Cause usually car chase scenes are really not good um, outside of like about maybe a handful of movies that I've ever watched where I was like, Whoa, I got really dr- like drug into that sequence. Usually in yeah. movies, it's just like really bad. Uh, there's real art to doing it. This movie doesn't really have it. Uh, there's not enough driving angry for my tastes. Mm. Um, yeah. The the plot of this one, folks, is Nicolas Cage escapes from hell, um, mm. and he's going to find his uh, granddaughter, I guess, th- that's been like kidnapped by Satanists by a cult because <laughs> um, his daughter was killed by the Satanists. And it sounds uh, awesome. I think, or maybe it's like his wife. Yeah. And his daughter, he's trying to say, fuck it, I don't remember. It's his daughter, I think. Anyway, Satanist, and then he winds up hanging out with mm-hmm. the chick that's in the movie um, that people all seem to be, like, really in love with, but she's just, like, I th- yeah. another I think actress. she's in that Aquaman movie. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's, like, lots of attempts at CGI. There's a scene where he, like, they do a shootout while he's banging some broad. Ooh, that's yeah. like supposed to, I guess that some people might find that hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And then there's this big shootout with Satanists and people exploding at the end. There's some really badly, some bad uh, CGI compositing with like a hydrogen truck rolling around and like bad, like mm-hmm. it's it's like better than Spawn in that in some ways, but like it's so minimal. There's like really bad haloing between actors, mm-hmm. like with black, like with like night backgrounds. You can just see like the halo of the green screen. It's like they could have taken that out, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's two do not recommends for two Nicolas Cage movies, but I think we're like starting to go deeper on the Nicolas Cage despite mm-hmm. uh, this. Um, so God help us. I fully endorse this. Yeah, I, I bet can't you wait do. until you watch that Ghost Rider too. Well, it's that's it's, gonna be good stuff. It's, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, very quickly, yeah. I've uh, almost would have forgot this is we got a piece of email from Ooh, listener shit. Oliver, and ah, all, he's all, back. And all he wrote was. Fuck, I watched the wrong Henry V. Uh, oh, well, at least the one I watched was good. Um, oh, well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he sa- I think he saved himself a lot of grief by... Uh, he, he must have watched what the... Uh, What's-his-face one? Kenneth Branagh one. But Kenneth I did Brana I think actually uh, today uh, on the day of a recording, he did watch the uh, Olivier one, and he seemingly liked it a lot more than we did. Mm. Uh, but, so that's good. I'm yeah. glad someone likes that movie because we certainly did not. Well, I think I said in that episode, like I'm sure other people will like this. I don't. I think you might have also I mean, said there might be, there must be something wrong with them. <laughs> oh, probably, but I mean, what do I know? I like Ghost Rider too. <laughs> so there you go, folks. <laughs> yeah, my my opinion is not to be trusted at all. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I get we're getting at the end of this whole thing. Uh, any news you want to share with the world, RJ? I got some pretty cool news. All right. Uh, I could talk or. There's one thing I heard. Uh, I'm just going to mention it. I know you don't like movies that are in like pre-production announced, but uh, my main man, Jeff Lemire, he got one of his comic books bought up, uh, The Underwater Welder, by your close personal friend, Ryan Gosling. He bought up the rights to that for to uh, make a movie. So that's pretty cool. Will it ever happen? I don't know. But uh, I'm just going to talk about Jeff Lemire, so that's cool. But in real news, going back to Logan, so... uh, Huge, huge jacked man and uh, Pat, 
Pat Stu were doing a lot of press junkets the last couple of weeks yep. to uh, promote Logan. And did you know that Patrick Stewart, uh, who is like 65 or something, lived his whole life not knowing that he wasn't circumcised? <laughs> he thought that he was until about a month ago and if you if anyone wants to there's an interview it's like on a british like talk show or something it's really funny actually because hugh jackman like just totally breaks down laughing he's like because he can't believe it he's like he's like are you fucking serious um because his whole life he thought he was circumcised and then one day his wife like (laughs) casually mentioned how he's not and he's like what are you talking about he's like of course i'm circumcised he's like my mother always told me i was and then he went to a doctor and then he asked his doctor, and his doctor is like, no, you're not circumcised. It's like, why would you ever think that? So uh, 65-year-old, like, Sir Patrick Stewart, who was knighted by the queen, uh, <laughs> always thought he was circumcised, but he's not. So Maybe it grew back. Maybe it grew back, yeah. It's like a, like a spleen or a liver. Yeah. Those grow back, right? Yeah. doesn't matter. Anyways, so I thought that was pretty funny, and that's pretty topical news for us. Perfect. What, what about you, you uh, creep? Fuck, I have nothing, man. I don't care about the world anymore. Not much is going to top that. I was so. uh, reading things about how uh, widening the veins in your neck doesn't uh, prevent you from having MS. Apparently, oh. it apparently took a study to prove that one. The st- like putting stints in there and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah, it turns out that wasn't a good idea. And it does nothing. Well, you could only get that done in like Vietnam anyway, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's the only place in the world that does it, maybe think twice, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. That's my science for you. Yeah. Baby. Baby. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. All right. Well, we got some old movie to talk about. We so sure do. After the break, we're going to be talking about that Lord of the Flies from 1963, directed by Peter Brook. Woo!
comes a brilliant, exciting motion picture, Lord of the Flies. Piggy, huh? That was murder. You stop it. What good are you doing talking like that? It was dark. There was that bloody dance. There was thunder and lightning and rain. We were scared. It wasn't what you said. Oh, Piggy! The artful, chilling story of castaways degenerating into savagery. Lord of the Flies. is one of the gems that will be watched by connoisseurs of the film for years to come, says the New York Mirror. Don't miss this widely acclaimed and shocking hit, Lord of the Flies. And we're back. And we're talking about Lord of the Flies from 1963, directed by Peter Brook. Not to be confused with Lord of the Rings, directed by Peter Jackson. Oh, fuck. (laughs) <laughs> we got to stop. I got, I, oh, no. you got to give me about an hour or two to uh, catch up here. You spent 12 hours watching it. I was watching all the uh, director cuts too. Yeah, so that like an eight hour return of the King cut mm-hmm. that nobody can finish. Anyways. Anyways, Lord of the Flies. Um, mm-hmm. I read this in high school mm-hmm. and uh, we watched the time, the 1990 uh, adaptation which I did not revisit uh, for this trip around because I find the story is pretty straightforward as is. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is a tale of 30 schoolboys who find themselves marooned on an island after their uh, plane that was like uh, evacuating from uh, England, I guess, crashes. Um, Something. Something happens and they wind up uh, on a beach and... They're not like any worse for wear. <laughs> they, they're not scratched or burnt <laughs> up or anything like that. Um, but the plane has kind of been pulled out into the ocean uh, since they getting there. Uh, we follow Ralph and his new pal, uh, whose nickname is Piggy, because he's a fat mm-hmm. kid. Uh, they come across a conch shell. And then mm-hmm. uh, they wind up running into the other survivors. There's some uh, school choir boys. And mm-hmm. then there's just a bunch of other kids kind of all around the same age. Uh, some are bigger, some are smaller. And uh, I don't know, kind of from there, they try to set up a democracy, in quotes, mm-hmm. uh, yes. the way children would do it. Um, some might say that this film is sort of, uh, or the story itself is allegorical, RJ. 
Uh, some have that called it allegorical, and then, and then there is some symbolism uh, in this film, in this story. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about some symbolism later. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, like like democracy in the real world, uh, it's tough. It's hard. People are selfish and have their own goals, uh, and so there's usually there's usually some sort of checks. But people have to allow those checks to play a part. That whole conch thing, uh, it's about holding the conch and you're allowing to speak. But that only means anything if people actually continue to agree to holding that conch. And soon enough, uh, it's kind of a things break down between uh, Ralph and Jack. Uh, Ralph's sort of like the good kid. He's like the the regular person that you kind of go along with. Uh, Piggy uh, is sort of Mm -hmm. the... I don't know, the thoughtful one, kind of whiny. The conscience. The conscience. And uh, Jack just wants to do whatever the fuck Jack wants to do. Because that's what all people Mm -hmm. named Jack are like in all of cinema and film and books and stuff. It's the Jacks are dicks. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, uh, there's a pig. That that pig is hunted and uh, eaten by the children who are turning more and more feral as their time proceeds. Because the whole Mm -hmm. idea is like they think that if they wait long enough, someone will come along and rescue them. Um, mm-hmm. but they kind of lose sight of that even as a idea and they just start going, things start going to shit. Uh, mm-hmm. they put one of this pig's head on a, on a sp- uh, spit or a spike. And, uh, one kid, uh, who's an epileptic thinks it's talking to him. That's the, <laughs> that's the Lord of the flies, by the way, this, this, yeah. this, uh, rotting head. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the one of the only things I really remember about the story for the most part is Piggy gets killed. <laughs> um, yeah, drop a big ass rock on his head. They sure do. And yeah. uh, yep, things just get kind of worse and worse. Uh, society breaks down. They all turn to a bunch of little savages. And then uh, a guy shows up and looks upon this, and the kids are all like, "Oh man, look what look what we've look what we've become." Mm-hmm. The end. Such horror. Such much horror. Yeah. So that's Lord of the Flies. Um, so I read this book in grade 11. And uh, mm-hmm. it was never one of my favorite stories. Um, it seems yep. like it's a story that uh, high school teachers like to use. Because yep. it's, it's just the it's just the book that they use. Because you can show kids about, teach them about the symbolism. They can teach them about allegories, and they can ask uh, mm-hmm. essay questions like, uh, "What does the head in Lord of the Flies represent? What does the character Piggy represent in the story Lord of the Flies?" Those sort of essay topics, and then you, yeah, yeah, that's sort you of you know the, you know the one we always got mm. this allegory symbolism. What are the butterflies that Simon watches? And I always thought that was a bullshit question because those butterflies don't mean anything. <laughs> that the te- that teacher also said that Simon was Jesus. So uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's like, anyways. That's like continue. Catholic school program. It, it is. It mm. is. So that's your hard-earned bucks at work. Um, so yeah, um, I, I watch. I remember watching that 1990 movie, and I was always like, mm-hmm. "Oh, cool!" There's this 1960s version, and I just like it's not one of my favorite stories, so I've never like gone on my way to watch it. But now yeah. we're doing this show, we got to watch it. So, watch uh, it. my my thoughts on it were. Uh, this seems to be a very typical of the British style filmmaking I know, particularly of this era. Sort of like yeah. that, like still photography, classical music, and there's this like sense of dread 
Um, and then there's sort of like this like 60s art house juxtaposition thing that they that was very popular at this point mm-hmm. in time with like like high contrast photographs of like military planes, stuff like that, which is like all yep. like stuff I don't remember being in the book. But like, I, I guess it was all there. I just don't remember it whatsoever. Yeah. That there's a sort think- of like this sort of vague, like kind of like nuclear thing happening in the background yep. away from the island. Um, I don't think it gets the attention in the book that it does in this in like right. cinema in like film because in the book it's just like a minor background thing. But yeah. then pay, people take the, that or take ideas from that it's like oh this represents this this represents that but when you show a film you have a person who's trying to show what those things represent or in their mind at least Mm -hmm. so you have like you can let the camera linger on that and then it becomes something bigger than say when you read the book and you're like because like uh this beast with like the uh the abandoned plane or whatever yes i i I had no idea i I totally forgot about that and i was like huh all right but i mean that was also 15 some years ago so right yeah i guess yeah maybe that's jumping ahead a little bit but anyway um yeah yeah. so um i guess like my feeling in this movie is it's okay like it's um it's just like yeah that's the story all right i i mean i'm a big fan of like this docudrama style i really like the way that the movie Mm -hmm. is shot i like the way um it was photographed um but at the end of the day, I, it's just like, it's not one of my favorite stories or anything like that. Um, I feel like this type of story has been done elsewhere and better. And I, I don't know. It, it's like, it's fine. <laughs> it's like good, but it's not great. And mm-hmm. uh, it's like just very much like, yeah, I'll never go back to this. I had like fun kind of uh, like remembering things as the movie played out. I'm like, oh, there's the conch. And uh, of course, uh, sucks to your asthmar. I, asthmar. Uh, yeah, I will always remember sucks to your asthmar. That's like the highlight of this for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it also recalled, uh, God, it was in, yeah, so grade 11 in art class. I was reading this book and uh, at some point like in our art class we had been like commissioned to make a painting based on particular novels that we the high school would be reading so grade 10 is to kill a mockingbird grade 11 is Mm -hmm. lord of the flies and grade 12 um for the class i was in it was optional and actually that's where i read brave new world for the first time Um, and that was like the weird thing where uh uh, uh, Catcher in the Rye was on the list, but like the, yeah. the teacher we had, he said, "Oh no, you can't read that, man. You shouldn't read. Oh, I'm not going to let people read that one. You know, it makes people go kind of weird and stuff." And I was like, "Well, now you just like oh, make yeah. people want to read it." <laughs> so yeah, that that weird book where a guy yeah. talks to a prostitute for like five minutes. So edgy. <laughs> so edgy. Um, so edgy. So uh, me and my partner, uh, we did Lord of the Flies. And I remember doing this like big painting of like the island. And like, I was trying to be like, uh, I guess like graphic design minded and had these like, Ooh, it was like kind of like comic panels of like a close up of like the Ralph character, a close up of the Jack character looking Ooh, crazy shit. and all like, uh, jungled up. And then the yep. third one was just like the rotting pig head. <laughs> and like, oh, be, like man, it, it was so horrible. I couldn't, I, I hope that thing doesn't exist anymore. Cause it, it sucked then. And, uh, that's so yeah. That's another one of my great yeah. positive associations with Lord of the Flies is that really bad piece of crappy art that I made like twenty years ago. Do you want to hear my uh, my high school project for Lord of the Flies? Absolutely. Because we had one also, which was also in like grade ten or eleven. I can't remember which, but the uh, we had to make a soundtrack to the movie. So you had to pick like ten songs. 
uh, and then you'd have to to the movie or to or no to the, the book, book to the book. Yeah, we watched the movie too, like that '90s movie as well. That's where that lady said that butterfly shit because I don't think that was actually in the book. I think that was in the '90s movie where Simon's watching those butterflies. Doesn't matter. Uh, so, anyways. <laughs> We had to make a soundtrack to the book and then you'd have to it was 10 songs and then you'd have to say like where each song played as a story point. Yeah. And I think it was like a way to like make sure the kid actually read the book, because if you can't think of like 10 moments in the book that aren't all on the first like 20 pages. Yeah. So you had to do that and explain it. So uh, the only memory I have of the songs I put in there was there's a scene where all the kids are dancing around a fire. Uh, so I put uh, Garth Brooks uh, standing <laughs> outside the fire um, because I thought because <laughs> like I didn't really take it seriously. I was like, I don't think she really cares. I was like, if I just make a song about fire and then put it at the fire. <laughs> Yeah, you know, life is not trying when you merely <laughs> survive and you're standing outside in the fire. Uh, so if anyone's not familiar, you should go look up the watch the that mu- watch that music watch video. Music video. Um, it is a classic. Uh, <laughs> I do remember a couple years ago, uh, it was really hard to find online. They, it was like all ex- all evidence of his of its existence was just scrubbed from the internet. I don't know if Garth Brooks put down his money for that. Um, I'm guessing he did. He's got a lot of money. Garth Brooks so scratch. He, yeah, 20 years later, they were like, ooh, maybe this is a little uh, a little insensitive. Or maybe not even insensitive. It was just like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this. So um, if you're interested, go find that music video, Standing Outside, outside the Fire. Yeah. You'll know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You'll know. So that was my high school project. Okay. Yeah. What, what was your uh, high school feelings on Lord of the Flies? And what are your feelings on uh, Lord of the Flies now? In high school, I think I thought it was fine. I didn't care that much about it. There was other, like, there was a lot of other things we read. Um, I had, I way more related to, well, not related. I way more enjoyed, uh, say, Hatchet by Gary Paulson for, like, teen survival books. Do you ever read Hatchet? No. About a, it's about a kid who's a, on like a single propeller plane and it just crashes on an island, but he's just by himself and he just has a hatchet. I think he has a dog as well, but uh, it's just like a kid who's by himself on an island with like just this little dull old hatchet and he has to like survive on his own. Uh, that book is fucking rad. Uh, I still think about that book today. So um out of things I read in high school and junior high, that one always stood out for me way more than Lord of the Flies. I remember I liked it, but I was like, uh, I don't know. Because I think with Lord of the Flies, like what you were saying, people try to like, especially like teachers at that at that level, try to stuff like the symbolism and metaphors and allegories and illusions. Yep. They like stuff it down your throat so hard that like unless you're like I was a pretty good student like in language or class. But at even like it was too much for me. I was like, I just don't care anymore. It's like you hear about it so much. So I thought it was fine. This movie I also thought was fine. I think I'm kind of the same with you. The first like first like 40 minutes, I was pretty bored um, because I knew the story and I didn't think there was much to like there were shots I liked and there were mm-hmm. certain ways they filmed things that I thought were really good. But on the whole, like the kids aren't good actors. No, they're, well, they're, is, yeah, they're, they're basically all like non-professional actors too. Yeah, which is like fine too. Like that doesn't, that doesn't yeah, bother me that except much. Except for Ralph. But it, Ralph is the only like, uh, what's yeah, his name? James Dillamy or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so like it, that doesn't bug me that much, but it didn't like, 
interest me at all either because I was like, uh, like the kids aren't acting very good. I know the story. They're not really doing anything to like, it's not showing me anything that I don't already know. So I don't know if that's just because of my exposure to the story itself was throwing me off a little bit. Yeah. But uh, no, I don't know. The story itself, I do like. Uh, I don't think, as you said, it's not this revolutionary thing anymore. Maybe in the 50s, 60s it was. But yeah. uh, um, I, I don't think it is as much anymore. I do like the story and I like what like the ideas he says and all that. But uh, mm. I don't know. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's just kind of like, you know, that this is like, I don't know, it's a movie. Um, yeah, it's a movie. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to watch it again. I'm never going to read the book again. No. Uh, uh, but there is like certain things that have like culturally, or not even culturally, but like between me and my friends that have just stuck with us since high school mm. where it's like stuff like the conch, like what you said with the Asmar. Yeah. Like Andrew, Andrea is still like, says asthmar yeah. instead of asthma now and then uh one thing we always used to do is uh when piggy at the end is like talking and he's like i got the conch you guys <laughs> don't listen to me so me and my, me and my friends would always do that um i don't know if you're hanging out and there was some guy like was trying to talk and no one would listen to him like because people are talking about other stuff it would just be like i have the conch you guys uh like stuff like that so mm. i guess it did have an impression on us sure like, we're still we're still talking about it. No, yeah. because but, uh, because some yeah. some guys in the Criterion outfit said, "Hey, we got to get this Lord of the Flies in there. That's that's big yeah. business. We can sell these to schools forever." Ever, yeah, exactly. But no, I don't know. I didn't I didn't really take that many notes. I took I think there was like three lines, and they're not even really worth mentioning. It's just I, I was like, no, I can just wing it. Yeah, I know the story. This movie is not anything I've. I've seen all this before, so mm-hmm. whatever. No, it's it's fine. It's a good yeah, story. It's, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not, yeah, yeah, it's it's not, not a bad, bad movie. It's not like too yeah. long. Um, it's just like, I don't know. Um, it doesn't, it's weird because like when you're mentioning the beast before, it's one of those things where like in the book, on the written page, it's a lot, mm-hmm. it leaves so much more to the imagination. When you watch the movie, like you, you, you're seeing exactly what the beast is and then you're there's no like vagueness of like a little kid explaining to the other little kids like what he saw and it's like completely accurate but at the same time distorted but when you're watching it like in this like again like this docudrama style filming it kind of like it, it, kill, no it, it, it. it kills that mystery but it's yeah. also kind of like also horrifying because you're like oh this guy is going to go get is going to get killed now um and so it's like in the book, it's just like, oh, he, he he killed this person. And it's just like kind of abstractly violent. But in this, it's like a, lot, a bit more grotesque because you're actually seeing yep. it play out. But yeah, I don't know. The, mm-hmm. the, the copy of this I wound up watching, too, is just off of YouTube. Um, and Same. and it's just like I, I think there is a Blu-ray of this. And I bet the Blu-ray probably looks like way better even. But I mean, like I could tell that this movie was like fairly well shot. Yeah. Um, but like I said, like, I'm not sure, like, I didn't think the acting was that bad. Like, I don't know. I, I'm, 
I think I, I didn't think, think it was bad. It's just like they're kid actors in the yeah. '60s. Like they don't have training or anything. So sure. I like I, I don't think it was. I don't mean it was bad. That, that, it, like, that was like a, yeah. out of it. It was just. It was like it didn't. It didn't engage me at all. Sure, but I mean, like that's the thing with like having a bunch of kids that are not professionals. It's like it's yeah. sort of the nat. It's it's kind of a naturalistic decision to have like this is what kids actually would be acting like, kind of. Yeah. Like, but we're like also making them enact things. So it's a weird mm-hmm. trade off there. I mean, I'm sure that like if Werner Herzog made like a Lord of the Flies uh, in like kind of the same way it would be it could play totally differently and maybe even a little bit more lively because there is That'd a awesome. there is sort of a dryness uh, when I was mentioning kind of like the British style of like filmmaking that this kind of ranked felt like at times yep. um, yeah I mean mm-hmm. that's about I all it. that's all about all I really got to say about it frankly um, oh I have to say yeah I mean I just it's, thought yeah. <laughs> it's fine it's not a bad movie no, nope. but if you know the story, if you've read the book, and if you've seen movies of it before, there's you're not going to get much out of it. Um, bang for your buck, you should just go watch that Simpsons episode <laughs> where it's Lord of the Flies. Go watch that one instead with a expert narrator, Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll get more out of that than you would with this. There you go. Um, let let me share a little bit of, uh, hatred that this film seems to engender though. Uh, I was actually surprised how many people like really sounded off on this. Um, actually one person, uh, it's, I'm not sure Jamie or, uh, Jaime Rebinal. Um, I think they run the, there's a criterion collectors Facebook page and, um, this person kind of, uh, puts, puts themselves out there as like a real criterion fan and their review of this half a star is beyond insufferable. If there's anything Mm. more to say, (laughs) that was it. It's like, well, that's one, that's a shitty review. And two, I I bet they're not fans of this show. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anna gave this one star, and Anna wrote, Stephen, raise your hand if you don't like this movie. Every single person in the class raises their hand. Yeah, this movie was so bad, it was funny. Mm, I don't really agree with that. Yeah. It's not, it's not a bad movie. So like, I have this feeling that these people are all high school students. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Ghost Ghost Stark. Uh Ghost, Ghost Stark. Uh no. I, I guess they're the dog from Game of Thrones, uh the wolf. Uh, or Tony John, Stark. John, John Snows. Uh one star. This film is flat out garbage. Do not watch it for any reason. Direction, acting, music, pacing, sound design, all trash. I want to forget this movie's existence. <laughs> Oh, it's that's a little unfair. I have a feeling that these are all like kids, like kids. Yeah, okay. like actually, yeah, that I, makes sense. yeah. I thought the music actually was pretty good. Um, I was like, it's actually. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed that like it seems like that's the score for this gets has been used in like a bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know what people would hate about it other than like, yeah, it feels like it's from like 1963. And I guess if you're not like used to watching stuff like that, uh, I could put you mm-hmm. off. I mean, if you like this style of movie, um, I would highly recommend people check out uh, Peter Walker movies um i don't know if i've actually pushed any peter Watkins on you as, as of yet but uh, just a bug's life uh nope uh there is the uh the war game and culloden uh those are all-time bangers rj uh amongst Ooh. like the two of the best things uh ever made in my opinion they're like kind of done in this style but far more like in a documentary sort of layout yep. and about sort of similar issues uh about civilization and uh, nuclear war and how people behave, and uh, but like far more like 
far more impactful. Um, well, this and, is the first time I'm hearing about it. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that it hasn't come up with uh, between us when we've been talking about stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, War Game is pretty, pretty sweet. And actually, I'm, I'm going to look it up right now. I think it might even be the same year. Um, so this, hmm. this style uh, is kind of like was in vogue perhaps because maybe it was cheaper to make stuff like that where you didn't have to make it look mm-hmm. uh, super polished. Or something like that. I don't uh, know. Kind of like me. Yeah, War Game was 65, so a couple years later still. But they're uh, very uh, tone-wise, they're in the same ballpark, but one just is so much more successful than the other. Right. Well, the thing about that, Jarrett, is movies are fun? <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. Some movies try to be fun, and they fail miserably. <laughs> no, I, w- I would be interested to watch these things that you talk out about. I've mm-hmm. never heard of them before, so okay. I don't know. Fine, very well. Yeah. Uh, any last thoughts here on Lord of the Flies? This is this is a shorty. Um, uh, well, it's because I was talking about uh, what the theater was like for Logan for about thirty-five minutes. So, <laughs> hey, thank God I did, or else this would have been a ten-minute episode. That's right. Uh, yeah. No, I have nothing more to say. It's okay. Fine. Yeah. Oh, I think I did it's refer. I, I did refer to Piggy as the OG sad bastard loser. Ooh, um, yeah, yeah. That that is a that's a good description. Well, there's like it a comment. There's a comment about him. he's been wearing uh, glasses uh, glasses since he was three, and oh, yeah, and and the, and the asthmar, and the asthmar. A lot of people can relate to that. Yep. Not me. I was a uh, I was all abs as a little kid. There you go. Superstar. Everyone thought it was cool. So uh, j- just believe me. Don't look into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, that's it for Lord of the Flies. After the break, uh, a man is going to show up on the beach and he's going to look at us and say, man, how did these people turn, become so feral and uncivilized? And then he'll look longingly at his own nuclear warship. Ghost Rider? We call them cool. Those hearts that have no scars to show. The ones that never do let go And risk the tables being turned We call them fools Who have to dance within the flame Who chance the sorrow and the shame That always comes with getting burned But you've got to be tough when consumed by desire Cause it's not enough just to stand outside the fire So RJ, what's your life a metaphor for? Sexual, uh, pervert, criminal. You can tell us about what your life's a metaphor for by emailing us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com. You can email us about your Zelda and uh, attempts to get Nintendo products. um, Because we'll talk about that, I guess. Mm -hmm. Next week. RJ's going to be talking about Zelda probably next week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hey, we've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on that Letterboxd. Uh, I'm watching a lot less movies, but still trucking along. Uh, RJ just doesn't watch movies at all, apparently, uh, except for these ones. Uh, and you follow us and all that excitement. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. Rate, review, follow, all that jazz. And next week, RJ, we're hmm? derailing this fucking train. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, hey, folks. Uh, 
it's laser disc dipping time because of course back in december when we did that citizen kane episode probably an all-time classic episode of the mm-hmm. criterion creeps at this point um yep. we just looked ahead and went hey there's this King Kong movie that's spine number two in the Criterion Laserdisc collection. And hey, in March, there's that new King Kong movie coming out. So uh, we're going to take a break next week from the usual creep. And we're going to go back to spine number two in that Laserdisc collection. And we're watching King Kong. And not just King Kong, but we'll be watching that Kong Skull Island. We'll be, yeah. and uh, my plan at least is I'm going to watch all those Kong movies. Uh, there's about seven of them, <laughs> eight, yes. of, eight of them now. Uh, I'm a quarter th- or a third through. Got a couple more to go. Uh, really not looking forward to those Dino Laurentiis movies because I've heard mm. those were just the shits. But hey, that's what I'm here for. Watching garbage so you yeah. don't have to. I'm going to watch Congo. Congo. Instead. Oh. Yeah. Well, that doesn't have a K. Uh, in my world, it does. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so uh, people have been talking about the Kongs. Uh, I had no idea that this new one coming out is a period piece. Seriously? I didn't know that either. Well, spoilers. <laughs> all, all I know is my main man... Fucking John Goodman is in this movie. Uh, and I, your buddy, John C. Riley. Yeah, I, I fucking like squealed a little mm-hmm. bit when I saw John C. Riley. So, so something mm-hmm. actually to look forward to. And, yeah. yeah. So and I'm, Sam Jackson, even. Yeah, I'll, he'll get another it's credit on my like most watched actors uh, list on Letterboxd. So, yeah, folks, I'm hey, if you want to continue on this train, uh, now's as good a time as any to rewatch that uh, 1933 King Kong because that'll be the, I guess, centerpiece of the review, but we'll be talking about all that Kong all the time. All that Kong. And then after that, we'll go back to watching Criterion proper. Yeah. I, all right. <laughs> Good night, folks. I've got some delicious cookies to make. Hey, I want to change my answer. My life is a metaphor. Uh, I'm going to say ham sandwich. Um, is it stale and salty in the middle? No, we got some crisp iceberg lettuce in there. Some mustard. Well, yeah, you got two kinds. You got the yellow and you got the Dijon. Yeah. Which are you? Which, what, which are you? Ooh, baby. I'm Dijon. I'm that chunky Dijon with like the grain in it. And you're just like, mmm, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> this is gritty. This is gritty. Grim and gritty. It hurts going down. Jesus Christ. Well, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs>